This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. We've been doing a series around faith, started beginning December, walking by faith or living by faith. And uh, I want to, I want this morning, I want to, I want to, I'm calling the message the call. It's, it's a call. It's a call into faith. It's a call into fasting. Say yay. yay. I'm helping you <laughs> to get excited. Okay, so um, who's ever had phone issues, mobile phone, cell phone issues? I dropped my phone third term last year, cracked the screen, and half of the screen would just glitter and flash, and it was very, very painful for me. But so, you know, sometimes we, uh, we go through life, and you have your mobile phone, your cell phone, and maybe you've dropped it, and, and the screen is cracked, and the battery life is terrible, and there's no space on the phone, so you have to delete things the whole time before we can add another app or another song, and, and it's just not working, it's frustrating you, you're losing calls, you, um, it's dropping calls, and, and it's just dying suddenly, oh, it's frustrating, eh? especially if you use your phone often, like often, if you really use your phone often, it is seriously frustrating, and then you get an SMS, or a phone call saying, sir, you are up for an upgrade. Ah. It's like just this happiness overflows. This excitement, I'm going to get a new phone and I'm not going to necessarily pay more. And I'm super excited. And you get the new phone, it's fast and it's working and everything's wonderful. And upgrade. So I want to proclaim to you this morning, it's upgrade time. It's upgrade time. Now don't go to Vodacom and say, I said you can upgrade there. But in the spirit, I believe it's upgrade time. It's upgrade time. It's time for us to get a fresh, new spiritual life with God. More capacity, clearer vision, better calls from heaven. The whole deal. And I believe this is what 21 days of fire is about. The 21 days of fasting and prayer. Okay, so I'm going to share a little bit about that as well. But this is the, it's time for an upgrade. Let's say it, it's time for an upgrade. Fasting is powerful. Fasting is more powerful than you can think. Prayer is powerful. Fasting is powerful. But you put them together and you have like nuclear power. Nuclear. Sorry for all the greenies. But nuclear power. Awesome, in the spirit. And so I believe God is calling us. I want to call every one of us into an upgrade this morning. You see, one of the things that comes along with a fast and a time of prayer and a time of consecration to God is that you receive more of the Holy Spirit. You, give, you receive more of God. Your capacity is increased to receive more of God. Okay, so I want to take us to Luke chapter 4. So it says there, this is just after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And then the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And the amazing thing is, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, and you would think, I mean, the heavens opened, the Spirit of God comes down like a dove upon Jesus. And you would think, okay, Jesus, you're ready. 
Now go. Go and change the world. Go and preach. Go and do signs and wonders and go rock some people's lives. But what happens? He doesn't go to the nearest town and go preach. What does he do? Can you remember? He goes into the wilderness. It actually says that he is led into the wilderness. It says, then Jesus, Luke 4, 1, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Say, led by the Spirit. Into the wilderness. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Then he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, I mean, 40 days eating nothing in the wilderness. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. That's always wonderful to read that. He was hungry. And then I'm going to jump to the end of that passage, verse 14. It says, And then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding regions. So here you have the Son of God, Jesus. He gets baptized. He receives the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus didn't do his miracles as God, but as a man, completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit. So he receives the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then he is led by the Spirit into the wilderness and into fasting. I believe the Holy Spirit is leading us into the wilderness and into fasting. And then he says he returns in the power of the Spirit, and then the signs and the wonders begin to happen. So I believe that's the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit and then spending a time in fasting and prayer and seeking the face of God. And then what will happen to Jesus will happen to us. Jesus received an increase. That's the only reason I can think why he had to go through that. There was an increase of his capacity. It's like after 40 days, it's like maybe he was a just this sized vessel, but then he became this massive tank that can receive more of the Holy Spirit. So I believe this is what God is going to do. So um, middle last year, we had a month of fasting, one day a week. And Sonic and I and some of us felt to continue the one day a week. So for most of last, half of last year, the second half of last year, we were fasting one day a week. And I could experience, I felt a change. You see, when I was younger in God, like 10 plus years ago, I fasted a lot. I, I, I was passionate about fasting, and some, somewhere along the line, I lost my faith in fasting. I felt it was just dead works and a waste of time, and uh, it doesn't really bear the fruit, you know? And around middle last year, God spoke to me through the scriptures and through many different ways, and He changed my mind about fasting. The Lord showed me that fasting is really, really powerful, and I have experienced this, so over the last six months or so, when I, the, the week I, fa the, when, when we started this habit of fasting, say one day a week, sometimes two days a week, but mostly just one day, we experienced, I experienced this. I was able to handle stress better. It was super, it was just like, I'm not stressed. And, and as a church leader, there's a lot of pressure, you know. So I experienced less stress. I experienced more energy, more focus, and I experienced myself being closer to God. And then the weeks that I didn't fast, I could feel, whoa, 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 all the pressure's back. I'm losing my focus. I'm losing my energy. There's something 
spiritually significant about fasting, but there's also, in the natural, it's also powerful. So anyway, around November last year, we had a service. Um, I think one of, we had one of our visiting speakers. And so during the worship, end of the worship, I felt the Holy Spirit whisper in my heart, take the microphone and sing in tongues. Yes, he said it, that word, tongues. What's tongues? Tongues is a heavenly language. It's something when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you get a language from your spirit that you speak, but your mind doesn't understand it. Now, interesting, I just, I just did it. I just felt the leading of the Spirit, and I stepped out, and I, and I, I got onto stage, and I wasn't really sure. I, I couldn't find my notes, so I said to the band, guys, continue, um, play that bit again. And then... I got my note, and I sang in tongues. Now, for most average people, they were just, that's just weird. I understand. But then there's an interpretation of the tongues, and it spoke about the love of God. God loves you. God loves people. Now, about a, a month later, in December, I met with a guy. Um, he's a missionary. He and his wife, they're missionaries in South Africa for the last two years from the United States. Now, the guy studied at a Southern Baptist theological seminary. Now, Southern Baptists tend to be very, very scared of the things of the Spirit. Like, really afraid. I don't understand why, but they are, in general. So anyway, so they, they, he and his wife, on that Sunday morning, they came to church. First time. Woo-hoo. And they are a little bit afraid of the things of the Spirit. Now, I'm standing here. Holy Spirit says, we go sing in tongues. Ha-ha. Welcome to Shofar. <laughs> and I'm just going to obey God, because when the Holy Spirit speaks, I just do it, even if I don't understand. Now, I spoke to this, the guy, I had coffee with him, and he said to me, they originally come from South America, from a Spanish-speaking country. They understand Spanish. They said, I sang in Spanish. And I sang about the love of God for people. And then the interpretation of the tongue was, God loves people. Isn't that awesome? Just stirs my faith. A sign. You know, in October last year, we were at a leaders meeting, we were praying, and I had this word in my heart that people are going to come to church unbelieving in certain areas of their lives maybe, like the things of the Spirit, and then they will respond and say, surely God is in this place. So we had the privilege of praying with this guy and his wife. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. Southern Baptist, yes. Experiencing the reality of the things of the Spirit. You see, I've got news for you. God is not dead. <laughs> oh, that for a surprise. His death has been widely over-exaggerated. Over and he's still working. He's still operating. His spirit is still moving across the nations. But it takes a humble, childlike attitude to come and say, Hey, okay, God, I don't understand with my head, but it's real. God is alive. And so middle last year, second term last year, I also had the privilege of speaking in Hebrew. 
We had a, I shared this before. We have a Messianic Jew couple in the church. In other words, they are Jews that found that Jesus is their Messiah, so they became Christians or Messianic Jews, and we're praying for people to be filled with the Spirit. I was praying in tongues, and then she said to me, because she reads the Hebrew Bible, and she said, I quoted passages out of the Hebrew Bible, inviting these people into more of the Spirit. That just stirs my faith. You see, God is alive and real, but he, he ministers and He speaks to the humble, not to the proud and arrogant who goes by their intellect. He, he speaks and ministers and blesses those who are humble and, and say, God, I can't do this without you. I need you. So imagine how many human languages have we spoken in at times when we pray in tongues. So anyway, so I just want to encourage you. So I believe... I believe this season, this will bless dear fun, but I believe this is a year of miracles. Amen. A year of miracles. God wants to move, but then we need to move closer to Him, to move a few mountains, to shift a few things so that we can be completely surrendered. And I experienced this in November, October, November, but I, I would just spend hours in the mornings just praying, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, and just tuning into God. So I want to invite you. I want to call you into stepping into the Spirit. I want to encourage you and invite you to put your brain a little bit on the table and say, God, I want to come like a child. For, for, for those truly are the kingdom of God, the children. Come on, let's say it. I want to be like a child. Say it. I want childlike faith. Yes. And so I'm always going to be sharing stories about the power of God because I am persuaded that He is powerful and I'm not ashamed of the power of God. Amen. Okay, so let, let, let's look at this. Let's look at a few scriptures. We're going to take you to Luke chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. So Jesus was called into the wilderness. He didn't just fast. He didn't just fast in a town. He didn't just fast somewhere amongst all the noise of this world. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Do you know what the wilderness looks like? It's like the Karoo. Not a lot of people, not a lot of noise, not a lot of lights. So when you go into the Karoo and there's no technology and there's no electricity and there's no one to speak to, what do you do? You've now counted your toes the hundredth time. Yes, all ten are there. Awesome. Then what? Well, nothing else to do. Let's speak to God. Let's speak to God. And I believe the Lord is calling you and me into that environment, into like the Karoo, into the wilderness, into an environment where we silence the noise of this world. Fasting will not benefit you if you do not, do not cut out the things of this world. If you continue with the TV and the media and the Facebook and the news and all these things, your heart will be cluttered, you'll probably be divided on the inside, and you will not benefit from this fast. So I want to call all of us into the wilderness to make this decision. What are the things you're going to cut out? You see, when you walk into the Karoo and it's at night, do you know what happens? Because there's not a lot of other lights, it's like the stars begin to shine. It's like heaven awakens. And I believe it's the same when, when we are continuously clutter and noise and noise and noise and noise and noise and noise. It, it, it drowns out the voice of heaven. So how about this? For three weeks, three weeks, cut out a whole bunch of things. 
turn those things. Make a decision what you're going to do. We asked our son, Vian, he's nine years old. And we asked him, what is he going to be fasting in the third week? And so he's going to fast TV and sweeties and juice or something like that. So he's going he's gonna to cut out a few things because he wants to be in on this thing. So let's do that. Cut out a whole bunch of stuff. Look at this, Luke 4, verse four, 3 to 4. And so the devil now tempts Jesus. You see, you, when you go into the wilderness and you, you draw near to God, you might run into the devil as well. But you're going to run into him in any case, okay? So rather run into him when you are powerful in the sense of the things of the Spirit than when you are... When you're not. So it says there, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. So he attacks his identity and he says to him, um, Jesus, obviously you're hungry. They all probably sitting just across Jesus with a big juicy steak and everything there, just like a beautiful plate of wonderful food. And say, come on, Jesus. Turn the stone into bread. And then Jesus responds. But Jesus answered him saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. In other words, when you want to be alive, when you want to truly be alive, you need to receive the word of God. You need to connect with heaven. You see, the kingdom of God is the upside down kingdom. It's not like we would humanly think. If you want to be full of God, you need to empty yourself of the things of this world. You need to empty yourself of the things of this world. Empty yourself, and then God's going to fill you up. That's the power of fasting. Empty yourself. Close down those things. We don't live just by food alone. Deny yourself, upside down kingdom. Deny yourself so that your true desires can be fulfilled. Deny yourself so that your true desires, which you're not even aware of, can be fulfilled. And that's what I've experienced. Every time I sacrifice something, every time I'm saying, God, I'm going to lay this down for you, I experience a blessing beyond I thought possible. So I want to encourage, I want to invite you into this. Deny yourself so that your true desires can be fulfilled. Let go of the things of this world so you can take hold of the things of heaven. There is nothing, say nothing, nothing that compares to the things of heaven, to God himself and everything that comes along with God. Nothing compares. Nothing compares. The rest pale into existence. Like ooh, It can't compare to him. So I want to encourage you to deny yourself so that you can truly experience your desires fulfilled. Hunger and thirst so that you can be filled up with God. That's the, that's the idea. Okay, so there's a call into the wilderness. There's a call into the wilderness, and it's, a, and it's testing. It's not easy yeah, when you're fasting, and everybody around you looks so happy. And they're eating, and like a lekker, and you're like, yeah. And then the voice comes. The voice of the enemy comes and he, he comes and tells you, yeah, it's not worth it. Eh? You're wasting your time. It's not going to make a difference. In every fast, there's the testing part. Even as with Jesus, the enemy comes and he tests him. I want to say to you, there will be testing in this season. But when you shut down 
all the other noises, as I said, you've got nowhere else to go but to seek the face of God, to pray, to get into the Word, to seek His face. Okay, so come on. Decide what you're going to do. Let's, let's step into the wilderness. Second point I want to make, God is drawn to the weak. So in the wilderness, there's this testing and trials, as I said. And the voice of the enemy will come and he'll say, well, what could you actually now be doing with your life? You're missing out. As I said, it's a waste of time. Give up. You know? So those voices will come. I want to read this verse. It's so powerful. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. It's one of my theme scriptures that God has been laying on my heart over the last while. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Say weakness. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words, God's strength is made perfect to those who realize how weak they are. You see, it's the lie of the enemy to tell us, no, I'm strong and able, I can do this without God. It's one of the biggest challenges in our Western Christianity. We're not desperate enough for God because we have our policies and our medical insurance and our this and all these other things. So why do we need God? We need God to move to see souls saved. We need God to move to see people set free from their depression and their challenges and the darkness on their souls. We need more of God. Our, our, our society are in chains. Our society is in chains, and we need God to come and move. Okay, so I want to ask you this question. Do you feel weak? Do you feel weak? If you don't, start fasting so that you can feel weak, so that you can be reminded, I can't do this without you, Jesus. I can't do this without you, Lord. I need you. I am desperate for you. Fasting reminds us that we are weak. It's like you come back to reality. I'm small. I can do nothing without Jesus. I mean, if God would remove his presence from us, every one of us would be dead. Completely dead. I mean, if God would remove himself from our world, our world would be destroyed. The universe would be destroyed. Everything we have comes from God. Your ability to think straight. Do you know where that comes from? From God. But we think, oh, I, I'm a very logical brain person. Where did you get that from? From God. Look at Nebuchadnezzar. He was the emperor of the Babylonian empire. He became proud and said, I built this. And then an angel appeared. The watchers of heaven appeared and said, you will lose your mind. You will go insane until you give glory to God. And that's what happened. The emperor of the Babylonian empire lost his mind for seven years. He was like a cow grazing amongst the grass. Until he lifted up his head, his heart, his mind, and he worshipped God and said, God, you are God, and I am small. So this is one of the keys to experiencing the grace of God, the power of God, is you and I need to understand that we are small and we cannot do this. You can do nothing without Jesus. Let's say it, I can do nothing without Jesus. That's why you need to fast, so you can get an upgrade, so you can increase your capacity. So, I want to read this verse, Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31, and this speaks about waiting, and there's one of the things that also happens when we are fasting, we need to wait in the wilderness. 
I believe this is a word for us for this year. Isaiah 40, 28. It says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Neither faints nor is weary. So there's one that is strong. His name is God. He is strong. And then it says, His understanding is unsearchable. He has got all the wisdom, all the knowledge that you need for this year. He's got it all. Everything you need to overcome in your workplace, in your marriage, in your family, in your relationships, in your finances. God is the source of wisdom. And then it says, He gives power to the weak. Say weak. To those who realize they are weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. Even the young, the young ones who think they've got so much energy, they will faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. In other words, you can't do it. Even the best, strongest season of your life, you don't have the capacity to do the will of God. You don't. You are weak. I am weak. And then it says there, but those who wait on the Lord, those who wait in the wilderness, those who fast and pray, those who set aside time, those who silence the noise of this world and wait upon God actively, God, I believe in you, I trust in you, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And this is what I've experienced over the last six months of just one day a week type of fasting. I'm experiencing more energy, more focus, more strength, and more strength, and more strength. I want to invite you. If you haven't ever fasted, try it. Test it. There's a secular book called The Complete Guide to Fasting. I shared about this message middle last year. Complete Guide to Fasting. Secular doctor from the Canada it revolutionized my understanding about fasting because they're find, finding that scientists, secular scientists, are finding the health benefits of fasting. Three days on water begins to heal your mind, immunizes you from Alzheimer's. Seven days on water fasting could possibly some um, doctors, uh, specialists in cancer, believe that the cancerous cells get killed off after seven days of fasting. If you do that once a year, seven days on water that's what we're going for. We want to build you up from week one to week two to week three. They are finding it is, it is physically beneficial for you and it is spiritually powerful. Come on, I'm inviting you. I'm calling you in. Calling you in to go for it, to give it a shot. Say yay. If you can't fast physically because of you're pregnant or you're training for the half Ironman or something, you can still fast worldly things. You can shut down the noises of this world and seek the face of God. Self-strength is false strength. I promise you, the Lord gave me revelation over the last month or two that is revolutionizing my life. I have somehow, I don't know how, I just suddenly it's like the Holy Spirit has revealed to me how small I am. And even my ability to get up in the morning and spend time with Jesus is grace from heaven. 
You know, in the old days when I was younger in God, I would compare myself to others. I would like, why don't they fast as I? Why don't they pray like me? Why aren't they so awesome as I am? That's stupid. I have now realized my ability to spend an hour in prayer with God is a gift from heaven. And I'm thankful. I am realizing that I can do nothing without Jesus. I can do nothing without His Holy Spirit. And I believe God is what is working in me and that wants to work in all of us. He wants to immunize us from pride so that when He moves powerfully, He will get the glory. He will be glorified and not man. So I believe God is beginning to set us up for great glory, great moves of God. But God will not bless us with more of Him if it causes us to become proud and arrogant and in the end lose our way with God. So He's in a sense holding back, I believe, until we get the revelation. I'm nothing without Jesus. I'm a four-year-old. Da-da! Let's do this! I don't trust my intellect. I still, after 20 plus years of being a Christian, a pastor for 15 plus years, I still don't feel I understand the scriptures. I still don't feel I've got a hold on it. It's like the, the infinite book. You've, you read it and you think you understand that. Then you read it again. You think, no, I didn't. There's more. There's always more. It's like we, you, you'll never be able to say, I understand now. No, come like a child. You see, but what we, in this way, the faith thing comes in. We, as human beings, we want to put our faith in something. And usually other than God. So we want to put our faith in our prayer, our faith in our fasting, our faith in how much I know the Scriptures, my faith in how holy I am living. I, 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 want, to, I want to invite you or challenge you to have no faith in anything that you do, but to have 120% faith in God. I have faith in the cross. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. I have faith in the sacrifice of Christ. I have faith in the Holy Spirit. I have faith in who my God is. I can do nothing without Him. I can't even think straight. Are you, are you getting it? Come on. Let's say it. I'm small. I'm weak. But my God is strong. Amen. That is the key. That is the key to get more grace, to receive more of God. So along with the waiting, I want to invite you to our Wednesday night prayer meeting, worship and prayer this Wednesday, and the following week, Friday evening, five hours from 7 to 12. Last year, rocked. It went by like in a moment. It didn't feel long because God was present. It was amazing. We're going to have prophetic stations. We're going to be prophesying over people. We're going to trust God for words for people. We're going to worship and seek the face of God. It's going to be phenomenal. I want to invite you, come and wait, come and, come and see whether God would really bless. Just come and see and experience the goodness of God. So I want to end up with, uh, or I want to jump just to the, to the last part of that, that passage, Luke 4, 10 to 3. I believe there's, a, there's an assignment against some of us of hearing the wrong things from God. So I want to show you this, Luke 4 verse 10. So the devil, it says, Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, again attacking his identity, throw yourself down from here. And then, this is the scary bit, the devil quotes the scripture. That's just, that's wrong. That's our Bible, devil. 
What the heck are you doing? Quoting scripture. It's the holy word of God. And then he says, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not test, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So we need to learn to discern that when we are hearing a voice or a voice, a voice speaking to us, if that voice is condemning and bringing shame and distraction and leading us actually away from God, even if it's from Scripture, you need to make sure, is this the voice of my shepherd or is this the voice of the stranger? Okay, so we need discernment. So Jesus had to say, no, this is not, that's Scripture, but that's not the Word of God. So I just want to make us aware. Do not test God, but test every word. Do not test God, but test every word. Test every spirit. Test what you are feeling God is leading you into. If there's an uneasiness, maybe you don't have peace, something you feel something is not right, check it with a, a trusted friend, believer, or leader in the church. Just make double sure. I want to say to you, make double sure. You're sitting, you're praying, you're fasting, you're seeking the face of God, and you hear a voice say to you, go to China, go be missionary in China. And you, yes! Just please make sure. That is God. That's an extreme example. Or leave your work and do something else, you know. Make sure that it is the voice of God. Because even the devil gave Jesus a scripture to get him off track. Okay, so don't listen to everything you hear. Make sure. Okay, so quickly a few fasting tips. Five fasting tips. Every week we're going to give you a few tips. Question number one. What's your goal? You need a goal. You need to say, God, this is why I am fasting. Tomorrow evening I'm going to share with you uh, a vision night. I'm going to share about how we're going to be focusing on, on, on aspects of the vision for the three weeks. <clears throat> But what's your mission? What are you trusting God? You need to like, you can't just say, I'm going to see how it goes. And you say, I am doing this. You need to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to step out. Don't just go through the motions. Decide beforehand, I am going to fast. I'm going to do fruit today. For the one day, I'm just going to do fruit. That's a fast, like a Daniel fast. Or you say, I'm going to do water. I'm going to do one glass of juice late afternoon when the devil visits me. I'm going to do juice. Okay, so you need to yeah, have a game plan. Secondly, activate your faith. Believe fasting is powerful, and you need to say it. While you're in it, you need to tell yourself, it's, this is powerful. This is powerful. Look in the mirror. This is powerful. You will, you will experience the fruit of it if you, you go for it. Okay, uh, in this past week, we fasted on Tuesday, Sonic and I, and it was a really challenging fast. I had such a headache in the afternoon. I'm like, what? I had to take painkillers and, and so forth. It wasn't, it, wa it wasn't fun. And then on Wednesday, I felt again, no fast on Thursday again. So I fast on Thursday again. I'm, I'm not boasting. I'm just trying to explain to you the process of fasting. Now, Thursday was a phenomenal fast. It was as if I wasn't fasting. Just water the whole day, but it was as if I wasn't fasting. It was amazing. I had grace. I, had, I, was, I was motivated. I had a wonder. It was an amazing day. On Tuesday, I was distracted with a whole bunch of other things, and I, I wasn't one-hearted, one-minded. 
So it, it didn't benefit me as much. But I also want to say, I think it was after the, all the holiday, all the eating, all the other stuff, I had to detox a little bit on Tuesday, and that's where the headaches came from. But by Thursday, I had detoxed already, so the Thursday fast was wonderful. Okay, so point number four, press through the pain. Press through the pain. You are not a sissy. It's official. Yeah, you're not. You're not. Third point, you are made to fast. You are designed to fast. When you are, when the moment you stop eating, your body still uses the sugar in your muscles and in your body. And when those run out, it switches to your fat cells. Say hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Now that's a worship moment right there. It just switches. Your body simply switches from burning sugar to fat. It doesn't burn your muscles. It doesn't mess up your body. It just switches. You just just need to learn to adapt to the switch and your game on. Okay, so week one is two single days. Tuesday, say, and a Thursday. And you detox a little on Tuesday. And then Thursday, you are ready to roll. So week one is warm up. Week two, three consecutive days. So you've warmed up cut out coffee, caffeine, and those type of things. You've ate less sugary things. Otherwise, your body's going to crave it. And then you do the three days. That's going for it. Three days. Come on, you can do it even water with a little bit of extra. If you don't, go for the three days. And then the third week is the big boy. The big one. Three days is harder than seven days. Because they say the first two days are normally the hardest. That's why two consecutive days, they say the secular journals are saying two days are the hardest. Because after day three, your body adapts. You, you, You get new energy. You actually don't feel like you're fasting. You must just keep your mind focused. Okay, number five, your body adapts. Your body adapts. It honestly does adapt. Your, your, your stomach goes a little bit smaller. You begin to eat less. Your eating habits change. It is phenomenal for weight loss. I'm, I'm trying everything here. <laughs> it's phenomenal, phenomenal. Okay, I want to read the last verse, verses 5 to 8. I want to end off with this. Worship is warfare. So the devil comes. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Imagine it's like an open vision showing him all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. You see, the devil wasn't lying there. And Adam and Eve sinned. They were, had the keys of this realm, of this world. When they sinned, because the devil tempted them, they handed over the keys of this world and the kingdom of this world to the devil. So dev, the devil could give the kingdoms of this world to Jesus. And he said, just worship me. I'm going to give you these kingdoms. And then verse 7, Therefore, if you will worship before me, Jesus, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. That's a good word. Get behind me, Satan. Get out of my way. The kingdom is coming. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. You shall worship the Lord your God and Him only. This is, now, I want to encourage you. There's a profound principle right here. 
of turning the words of the enemy against himself. You see, the devil is a liar. He's a liar. So what happens if the devil comes to you? You hear a voice. You have a sense. You have a sense in your heart. There's a voice like sort of a feeling, a sense. You are a nobody. That's what you're feeling. That's what you're hearing. And you discern the source is not of God because he loves you and he believes in you. So obviously this is a different source. How do you respond to that? First of all, you say, you say get behind me, Satan. Secondly, you say, thank you, devil. So that means I am a somebody. Because you are a liar. You are a liar. If you say, I am a nobody, that is evidence that I am a somebody. If you, the, the enemy says to you, you can't do this, then you need to reverse prophesy it and worship Jesus saying, I can do this in my God. And by the power of the living God, I'm going to do it. Amen. Turn the words around. Reverse prophesy. If it comes from the enemy, turn it around into something glorious and beautiful that aligns with God's heart for you. I want to encourage you to do this over these three weeks. Make declarations. Any negative thing, turn it around into something that is of God. I'm a son. On my, on my phone I have now, there's this voice assistant thing. And you can have it speak to you. So I put in a whole bunch of things. So I just say, Bigsby, who am I? You are an anointed son of God. Yes. Indeed. I certainly am. Finally, someone realizes it. And if you don't have the fancy phone, write it down and speak it over yourself. But you need to engage your faith. The enemy attacks our faith. He attacks our identities. He breaks us down because when he breaks down the identity, when he breaks down the faith, you don't have the ability to fulfill the will of God. When you feel like a loser and you're fasting and you're not feeling so great, it's hard to continue. So reverse prophesy. So I want to say in that verse, it says there, the devil spoke to Jesus and said to him, and I can give all of this to whomever worships me. Quick question. After the cross, after Jesus was resurrected from the grave, who owns the nations now? Jesus. So I want to turn that verse around. I want to say to you that God is saying to you this morning that if you would worship Him, He will give you your inheritance. If you would worship Him with all your heart, things would shift and change, and He will give you the kingdoms of this world. He will give you your true inheritance. He will pour out all of His goodness into you because it has been given to Jesus, and He can give it to whomever He wants to. Psalm chapter 2, Lord, I ask for the nations. Ask, ask for your inheritance. Ask for a greater measure of the Spirit. Ask for more of God's love. Ask for your true inheritance. Ask for your true destiny to be unlocked. Ask for your ministry that He has called you to, to be revealed and that you can step into it. Ask. Amen. If you would worship Jesus, He will give you everything. You need to fulfill your call and destiny in this life. And because he loves you, he's going to bless you with a few extra things because he just likes you. He does. He honestly does. He's not a poverty-minded, I don't know how I'm going to provide for someone today. He owns everything and he loves you. And like a good father, he wants to bless you. Change your mindset. 
change your mindset, expect. I experienced this last week, Sunday, I felt this word that this year God is going to do good to us. Have an expectation. Have an expectation. And whatever comes against you, whatever challenges that truth, turn it around. Turn it around into something beautiful and powerful. Amen. Last verse there, verse 14. Then the people of Shofar returned in the power of the Spirit to East London and the rest of South Africa. And news of Christ being in their midst went out through the surrounding region. Wouldn't that be nice? I want to hold that before you. You need to have, you need to see it. God is calling you into the wilderness in a good way. To shut down the noise of this world, to fast, and to encounter the living God. You are the devil's worst nightmare. Do you know that? Because Jesus was, and he lives in you if you've surrendered your life to Christ. Come on, let's say it. I'm the devil's worst nightmare. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.